is the only bank devoted exclusively to entrepreneurs, and we're committed to the success of women entrepreneurs and majority women-owned companies across Canada. As a proud partner of the Thrive Podcast, we're here to help you start, grow, or scale your business. Find out more at bdc.ca forward slash women today. Scotiabank is proud to co-present the Thrive Podcast for Women Entrepreneurs. Through the Scotiabank Women Initiative, Scotiabank aims to help advance women-led businesses with access to capital, education, and mentorship. To learn more, visit scotiabankwomeninitiative.com. Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit sovereigninsurance.ca to learn more. I landed a contract in Italy, but I need five freelancers to make it happen. I said, sure, let's chat over coffee. With Export Development Canada, risk doesn't stop you. EDC, take on the world. You're listening to The Thrive Podcast on the Startup Canada Podcast Network, where we help women entrepreneurs start and build thriving businesses. On The Thrive Podcast, we connect you with leading experts, entrepreneurs, and organizations that provide capital, mentorship, training, tools, and other support to help you make your vision a reality even faster. This podcast is presented in partnership with Business Development Bank of Canada and Scotiabank. Make your way over to startupcan.ca forward slash podcasts to subscribe to the Thrive community and subscribe to listen to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. Finally, we'd love for you to rate this podcast and leave a review on iTunes for the chance to have it read on air. We want these shows to impact as many people as possible and your reviews will help us get there. I'm your host, Gomal Minhas, founder of CoreSpace, your one-stop shop for all things work, wellness, and impact. Visit kaur.space to find out more. I'm also the producer of Dream Girl, the documentary film showcasing the lives of inspiring and ambitious female entrepreneurs that we premiered at the Obama White House. I'm so happy to be here today. Welcome to the show. On today's show, we are speaking to Chantelle Sarkissian, digital strategist, stylist, and Ottawa influencer. Chantelle is a seasoned marketing and communications creative with expertise in business, digital strategy, and social media. Taking advantage of her outgoing personality and the power of social media, Chantelle has grown an engaged and vibrant audience on channels such as YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, building her network both online and in person with her followers and local small businesses. Passionate about her role as a style blogger and Instagram lifestyle influencer, Chantelle loves sharing personal stories and is proud to be an Ottawa locavore, a beauty expert, a foodie, and an advocate for the empowerment and representation of plus-size women in the fashion industry. Chantelle has been featured in the Ottawa Business Journal and has appeared on CTV Morning Live. Chantelle has worked with brands such as Additionnel, Nordstrom, Ottawa Life Magazine, Mealshare, Marivelle Vision Care, and many more. Chantelle shares everything from fashion, makeup, workouts, and life as a mom with her online followers, igniting vulnerable and valuable relationships online and in person. Welcome to the show, Chantelle. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy you're here. Me too. Our <laughs> listeners and our producer didn't realize that you 
were also helping me style myself. That's right. For most of last year. We did a year of style with Shancy. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, so Chantel goes by Shancy online. I call her Shancy. So if that's what you hear me say, that's why. Um, But I so adored working with you. Your aesthetic, your ability to, your your passion for fashion. um, It really comes through. And I feel like for me as one of your clients, I really got to like, love my body even more, love how I dress myself even more. And it kind of took a lot of stress out of that for me. And also as a follower, I noticed that that's how you help your audience feel as well. So what brought you into this line of influencer life and building this following uh, on Instagram? So I think what happened is it just happened because I was right place, right time. Um, You know, nobody could have predicted what influencer marketing was. We didn't start this thinking, I want to be an Instagrammer when I grow up. And as a person who works in marketing and communications, I also just love social media. I've always started up on channels as soon as they opened up. And, you know, same goes for Instagram. And I also love writing and sharing my stories. So I always had blogs, like I had one when I was a mommy, mommy blogging, and I had one when I moved uh, to Ottawa. I've been here for 16 years now, but when I kind of first wanted to just get to know the city better, started a little blog where I was doing restaurant reviews or, you know, Urban Spoons or Yelp, always adding reviews. So I loved sharing my my feedback or my point of view. So all of this kind of came naturally. So I started, uh, the third blog that I started was a fashion blog. And I I did it because people always complimented me on my look and I I was never thin. Um, But people, you know, they would be like, oh, I don't consider you as like a big girl or all this stuff, but not realizing that it's hard to find clothes or hard to find stores that carry my size. Um, And I just knew how to dress my body. And it was like a natural thing. And I always loved fashion. And to be honest, this is just the, I guess, the blog that picked up. People were interested. At the time, I I did a lot of networking for a small business that I had started. It was a marketing business. And so I already had a community. So I had an audience watching. And again, it was like right place, right time. I had an audience, had a product people loved. And uh, it just connected and grew from there. And then eventually I realized like, oh, people are using Instagram to promote themselves and their blogs. So I kind of jumped on that, did some courses. And then I was like, oh, you can actually monetize on Instagram. So it's it's just this journey that I've that I've been a part of. And it was not uh, that wasn't the intention like it is today, because today we have people who are like, you know what? I want to be an Instagrammer. And that's their goal. Um, I guess I was just lucky to be part of the ride. So as you were establishing your brand, what, how did you fall on your brand voice? How did you discover who Shancy was to the public? So who, who Shancy is, is what you get. I love <laughs> you know it. What yes. I mean? <laughs> so I'm the same person on screen as, as I am in real life. And that's something that I, it's not that I try to do that because it's really just who I am, but it's something that I learned because I had met someone once that I was friends online with and I met her in real life and I was like, wow, you're a different person that I, you know, you're a different persona than you are like in real life and online. And I kind of, I feel like that was my lesson learned. I was like, I never want to do that. So, you know, we talk about authenticity, but it's really just, it's, I'm just authentically me. I only know, you know, the, the person that I am. Um, I, I'm also very honest and maybe sometimes brutally honest person in real life. And I just, I really like that. I, I, I don't have a lot of personas. So um, yeah, it's like what you see is what you get. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important today, as you said, to just really be that person so that you don't feel like you have to put on a mask every time you pick up your phone or, or you're building that audience online. So something, though, that comes into play here is like the development of boundaries. So how have you established in your life, because you have a young son, you and your partner, and your husband, he did start his own business recently as well, um, which does landscaping. We can give him a little shout out here. <laughs> um, and how did you establish your boundaries with what you share online and what you don't? Or how, what is your thought process behind that? I'm, some people might call me an oversharer, uh, but again, that's just kind of who I am. And because I don't know how to put on another face, if, if I'm not feeling myself, you'll see it. So it's, I'll create better content when I'm just being myself and being you know, my honest, true self. Um, but, but I hear you on the boundaries and what's happening now is, um, you know, my son's getting older and at the time I always shared photos of my son, like as he was growing up and when I had him and, you know, especially like being on mat leave, you're, I actually learned how to use my camera when I was on mat leave and kind of got, um, just inspired to, to get creative with content and that kind of thing. And I used to do like little creative photos with my son, um, little photo shoots, but when they get older, then they realize that like, or you realize that they don't always want to be on camera. So now, you know, sometimes I'm like, hey, pose, you know, just even just for family photos. And I see that my son doesn't always want to be photographed. And, you know, what I do is I just respect him. And it's like, okay, it's not happening this time. Or sometimes I'll do like the back of his head or um, I did, I used to share a lot more of him before. And now I feel like that he's getting older. He's six years old, like he has a voice and I just want to respect that. Um, because they don't, you know, I already have so much of him online now and, and it's not fair to them. So there is a little bit of that. And as you know, like I have endometriosis and this is something that I share openly with my followers. Um, I felt like it, there's no point of hiding this because again, I am my business. So if something's wrong with me or if I'm not feeling well or if I'm not online, it, it's easier to just say, you know what, I'm not feeling well today. So give me that break that I need. Um, and I think a lot of in, in influencers and bloggers who are keeping a lot of stuff inside will sometimes go, sorry, ghost or just, you know, sometimes you just, they can't explain what's going on. And, and it's actually, it feels, it feels better to just share with your, with your mm -hmm. audience and, and then they connect with you. In my case, I'm actually spreading awareness, uh, raising money for endometriosis. So it's like, it's even more than just like being honest or authentic. Absolutely. And watching that journey unfold has been amazing. I myself am also an endo warrior. We've talked at length about this. But could you share a little bit of, of what you are doing in the community to raise awareness about endometriosis? I'm helping the Ottawa Hospital raise money for endometriosis. I'm on the minimal invasive surgery team that's led by Dr. Singh, and they're raising money for research in minimal invasive surgery. We've been motivating each other, and um, I've participated in a, in a couple interviews with the Ottawa Hospital and just trying to raise awareness because this particular race is the chance to raise funds for these like micro I want to say issues or micro causes that the hospital doesn't necessarily have funds for. So this is uh, just like an extra way of, of giving. And um, there aren't a lot of opportunities to give to endometriosis specifically. So this is why I'm like really passionate. I so appreciate that. And I think it's invaluable also to be sharing with your audience. What was the audience feedback when you did start um, sharing about your endometriosis journey or, or these more personal issues that we know 
have deep resonance with the fo- folks who they do impact. So as you, you probably know this, it's like one in 10 women have endometriosis. Um, and a lot of times, like the, the struggle with endo is uh, it's a lengthy diagnosis. And sometimes it's lack of awareness from either the physician or the patient. So the symptoms are usually painful periods or heavy, uh, heavy periods, lots of cramping, uh, just a lot of general pain, I would say. And then uh, usually women will kind of suspect that there's something when it's uh, it's time to have have kids and, you know, the whole fertility journey. Um, So there's it takes so long to get uh, diagnosed. And sometimes, like I said, women don't even know that it's a thing. Like we don't hear about it a lot, but most of us have it, which is crazy. Um, so sometimes I'll mention about, I'll mention my symptoms and people will come out and say, Hey, I think I have this, or this explains a lot. I'm going to ask my doctor about this. And so it's really creating awareness. And I, I, I always mention like, it's like, it's coming out of the dark. And so either I'm helping someone kind of connect the dots or they're just like, wow, thank you for talking about this because I have this and nobody really knows about it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that awareness is so key too, especially when we're in the workplace. Uh, you work full time and then you are building your influencer and consulting uh, business on the side. And when you are in the traditional workplace, how have you accommodated for your symptoms around endo? This is something that I've been asking a lot of people about because for me, if I didn't work for myself, I don't know what I would do because every three weeks for me, is when I am KO'd for a couple of days. So in the in the regular workplace, how do you manage? So the first thing is, is I'm very vocal and I tell everyone I have endometriosis, so I'm in a lot of pain all the time. <laughs> um, gotta so be honest. Know, gotta be honest. Put it out there, shanty style. Um, but the but seriously, to tell your employer that you have it, and so they understand that you know every time I get my period, I'm on my deathbed. So you know, the, the cramps are back up or whatever. So when you're calling in sick, it's not like, oh, she's calling in sick again. So luckily I work for an organization that has good, uh, you know, we have sick days when we need, when we need to take them. Um, so thank God right now, after my surgery, I've had, my surgery was two years ago. So I had huge cysts in my ovaries, which were removed and I'm on an IUD now. Maybe this is TMI, but again, Shancy style, everyone's got to know. <laughs> but it's also, this is the Thrive Podcast for women entrepreneurs. Oh, and if go. one in okay. 10 of us no are <laughs> have endo, then I think that this might be really validating for some of our listeners. Yeah. So the, the thing with endometriosis is even after your surgery, you need, it doesn't go away. So you need to manage your hormones. And basically I call it like eradicate your period if you want to feel better. So right now the IUD has been really great. Uh, it's not perfect, but it's helping me. Um, all that being said, I don't have as much pain anymore other than my back pain. Now this is a new thing that I'm dealing with, uh, which I blame on the endo and my core is shot, and which I have back pain right now, actually, if you can see me now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's just being open and and communicating, and so my boss is very accommodating, and and she knows she knew my story, and that's the best thing you can do is communicate. Um, and the more the more you can share, the more people will empathize and will will support you. Mm-hmm. Not suffering in silence because this is a monthly thing, and I just feel like so many people don't know how to talk about it or just like kind of push through um, and it can be healthier for us to just kind of talk about it. And always have Advil extra strength. Fact. Always. Fact. I have the Costco size at my desk. <laughs> also Robax. Oh, 
Yes. Okay. Yes. This is a new one. Anyways. Pro tip. Pro tip. <laughs> so I'm really appreciative that we could talk about this and thank you for being so candid and thank you listeners for holding space for this conversation. Um, but coming back to working full time and building this as your side hustle, as as your side business, we've talked about this over the years of, of your it growing naturally and on its own. And a lot of people always wonder like, when should I take the leap? When do I, when do I go full time with the side hustle? Do I go full time with the side hustle? What is that experience like for you? So this is very timely for me because I have this little, should we call him a gremlin? No, (laughs) (laughs) this little superhero in the back of my head. That's like, Oh, you can do so much more if you had more time, like you got to leave your job. But then, like you said, my husband just started his landscaping business. So one of us needs that security. And I do love my job. It's a great, uh, you know, I work for medical association. It's a solid job. Uh, It's a smart job. It's an important job. Um, But does it satisfy my creative uh, passion? Not necessarily. Uh, for now, I've been, you know, burning the candle at both ends for, for five years. <laughs> we'll see how long I can last. Uh, but my biggest thing is I, I'm such a like idea ADD person. I have so many ideas and I'm like, I could do this for a business. I could open a cafe. I could, you know, open a, a PR company. I can, you know, there's so many things that I want to do. But I'm so what I do is like I throw it out there, but there's nothing that's solidified yet. And so when that happens and when I know I'm like, you know what, this is what I want and I'm not being ADD about it, then then that what might be the little twinkle that that tells me, okay, this is it. This is time you got to leave because I've I've changed my my mind and my path so many times um, and I've never had that confidence. I think that's why I haven't left because I'm like. I don't have clarity on what I want to do. And that's my advice to other people too. Unless you know 100% that you want to go full force, then do it. But don't just do it because people are like, oh my God, you should leave your job. And that's not reality. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we get way too much of that, of people being like, follow your passion, like do these things. And passion is important. Purpose is important. But with a strategic timeline or a strategic plan in place or the right questions to ask yourself, is this right for me now? Exactly. And the thing is, the thing that's nice about a side hustle is you can taste all those little, you know, dabble in all those little ideas that you have. And um, I'm I'm exploring some some right now. And sometimes I'm like, you know what, I don't know if I want to do this full time. Mm. And, and I think it's OK to 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 be able to test all those little avenues. And like I said, I'm saying yes to everything. People are asking me for help and all these different ways that I never thought I would be doing. And I was like, sure, yeah, let me do it. Let me try it. I might love it. Who knows? Maybe there's an opportunity that I need to jump on and it's just the stars are aligned. I'll be open to that. But yeah, so it's like just trial and error. And that's that's how, that's the story of like even how I you know got here today with this blogging thing. It was never a goal. Sometimes though, I feel like I'm just looking for that goal. What is my goal? <laughs> and that that's an issue on its own. Because I feel like I have all these ideas and all this stuff, but I'm like, I don't know what I actually want to accomplish. What Mm -hmm. is my goal? So sometimes it's even hard to achieve this goal if you don't really know what you're working towards. Right. So that's something that I I kind of battle. Mm -hmm. And that the goal can be fluid and change and that it's hard for the human mind sometimes to be okay with that. Instead, it likes to latch onto one thing and be like, no, but that's I want the one thing. Yeah. Um, And maybe this industry that I'm going to, you know, work towards doesn't exist yet. 
you know yeah. we have so like technology is growing so fast like again like the influencer did we know that that was a thing five years ago not really mm-hmm. um so how could i have said i want to be an influencer like it's like you just have to ride the wave and something will will hit at some point so unpacking like what makes you an influencer i think a big part for you is your relationships with a lot of local businesses. When I follow you online, you're showing me places that like I've never been heard of or seen before in the city. And what makes you so passionate about local business and about Ottawa? So the like I was saying before, when I started blogging, it was really to learn about the city. So the best way to learn is to be a tourist, right? And you just explore and you're curious and you open the door, you see a cute story, like I'm going to open this door and I'm going to see what's going on in here. Uh, And that's how I've made relationships with so many uh, business owners, specifically boutiques, because I like to shop. But you know, I've made friends with them. So I go regularly and I check in and I see what, you know, what are they selling and how are they doing? And then you just become friends with them naturally. Um, So with my personal channel, um, not only do I support local business and I feature as much as I can locally, um, my audience is also local. And that's a huge asset or that's a, that's a huge piece to, to not forget. And and I know we're probably going to get into it, but um, it's very important to, to, to know who your audience is, know where they are, and then match that up with, with the business that you're working with if you want to promote you know, locally. When we talk about demographics, um, the leverage that you have with local businesses or larger companies, how do you approach them knowing who your audience is um, and find the right partners that you want to work with? So every proper influencer or blogger should have a media kit. And it's it's essentially a media kit, you know, like a magazine would have that as well. Demographics and uh, what's your reach and what are your numbers like? So I have one and I always focus. uh, My biggest thing is I I'll tell the the person that I want to do business with, for example, or whoever's reaching out to me, I'll tell them my audience is primarily Canadian and mostly Ottawa. Um, I tell them what kind of work does well. Like I have my good makeup mornings <laughs> on Instagram stories or I share my I out- love them. <laughs> my uh, my outfit of the days, that kind of thing. Or I'll tell them, you know, people really love fashion. So the fashion posts do well. So it's kind of you're selling yourself knowing, you know, what what works on your channels. Um, but the best I have this little philosophy, like the best thing is it's the perfect mix is the, the blogger or influencer with the right audience. It's the right brand, and it's also what the people want. So when you have that triangle satisfied, it's the best uh, collaboration. And a good example is my uh, ambassadorship with Hair Republic, which is a local salon in Ottawa. I've been in their ambassador now for a year and a half. I've been going there for seven years. I've already been talking about them on my channel. So it was just such a great fit uh, when I could announce like, guys, finally, like I'm working with Hair Republic and here's a code for you. So we use the code to measure uh, how we're doing, like the health of it, of of the code and, and my influence, let's say. Um, and because I have a local audience, these people do actually go and get the services. So if my people were in the States, then that relationship doesn't make sense um and now what we're seeing is like so hair public just opened their second location downtown and most people going there are now they're finding it through my channel because i was able to help them promote it so it's just this beautiful relationship and it's services that i need like i need my hair done and i need my nails done for my photos and that kind of thing 
um, and we're creating content when I'm there. They use the content uh, and it's just, you know, it, it's that perfect like win, win, win. Everyone wins. <laughs> Absolutely. And so for businesses, when they're looking, trying to look for this win, 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 what would you advise them to do to find the right influencers uh, to work with? So, of course, the first thing is find someone that's on brand with you or find someone that's doing work um, that's, you know, that's similar to what you're doing. You could be even one of their customers like you were. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who's the best champion than someone that's already using your services? Uh, the other thing, too, is like I was saying before, is validating your audience. So making sure that the if you want to reach a certain space, then make sure that the influencer that you're using actually has influence in that region. Absolutely. And so when you're looking at building out an influencer campaign for someone, do the companies, when you're working with them, there's the pitching process. So you're pitching companies or they're pitching you. Do you come in already with like these, this is the marketing campaign I have in mind? What do you recommend for influencers who are trying to build, to, to pitch um, companies to so there's a two there's two ways like there's two situations. The first one is if I really want to work for or if I really want to do work with someone. Um, so it's me pitching, and I'll have my my media kit. And like I was saying, I know what works. The best thing to do is to have a, an actual plan or an actual pitch. You know, say like I want to create a YouTube video, and I have this in mind. Like do all the legwork. And so that all they have to do is say, yep, that's a fit or nope, that's not. But don't leave it up to them to now come up with these ideas. And they don't have time for that because you're bothering them, <laughs> quote unquote. Um, so the other way around is when the, when the brand or the PR company is pitching to you, usually it's a little bit, there's a little bit more discussion in that uh, sometimes you don't know, first of all, if it's a paid opportunity. So you got to get that out of them first and see if it's worth it. You know, then I always have to vet the brand that they want me to work with. My first thing is, is it, it doesn't necessarily have to be Canadian, but at the very least it has to be, you have to be able to buy it here. Mm. Um, so if you can't buy it here, that's not going to work. Uh, again, like, is it on brand? Would my people like this? Is this something I like? I have no problems with, um, like learning about a brand or learning about a business and kind of using that learning journey and sharing that with followers. And that's, has, that's happened many times, especially when there's something new coming to market. Um, but lately I've been, I've been very rigid with accepting things that don't make sense or, you know, saying no to, um, in the beginning, like I said, no to all the, the cannabis education. I just felt like it just, for me, I, I didn't want to be one of the first to, to do that. Um, and yeah, so it's like matching it with your brand, making sure that, uh, you know, working with their budget. So the best thing, the best advice I can give is not be like, okay, this is my media kit and this is how much I charge and close the door. So if you really want that job, the best thing to do is say, okay, what's the budget that we're working for or working with? Sorry. Um, the other question you can ask is what are your marketing goals? So then with that in mind, then you can pro you can prepare like a little package. And that's what we often do is, um, you know, if you want, let's say a blog post with an Instagram post and some stories to kind of push all that content, you know, I can do that for X, Y, Z. And most often um, you give more, like that's the best thing to do is give more than, and what you promise, like over deliver. And 
Um, but yeah, it's it's very much like working with any company and just creating any any collaboration or any business proposal. It's it's really all individual requests. There's no turnkey solution. Absolutely. And when it comes to your pricing, how did you start to establish that for yourself? And I know a lot of influencers in the beginning um, and throughout their career, they have to discern, am I going to do this for free or am I not? Uh, is this brand just trying to like use me because I know that they have funding to do this? Or should I not? So how did you create this for yourself? When it comes to figuring out if I'm going to do something for free or for exchange of the product, uh, usually there, there's a couple criteria. The first one is like, how badly do I want this? So of course, everyone wants to get paid. This is, we have expenses, you know, I have to pay for my website hosting, et cetera. There's, there's a lot of expenses. Um, so if, if it's something that I value, then most likely it, it will work as an exchange, like to do it for free. Um, the other, you know, the other component is like, how much work is this and how much time is it going to take me? Or sometimes it's also thinking about like the future possibilities. Is this my way in? I'll do it for free now or I'll do it for exchange. And then we'll see maybe that will grow into something better and you don't want to come across as it's not just about the money. Um, so that's kind of how I would decide how I would, you know, take on something for free versus uh, paid. And this is the big question, like, how much do bloggers make? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, again, I always come back to, to me, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business person. I value my time, my expertise. Um, I value the time that it's taken me to get to where I am today. Uh, there are tools and websites that you can plug in your numbers and it'll suggest a price. And when I saw that, I was like, uh, double it, maybe triple it. Sometimes it's the brand that you're working with. If you're going to if you're going to work with a brand that is, you know, up there that has the budget, um, you know, you can inflate your price a little bit. Just like how if I'm working with uh, a local person, they probably can't really afford my my actual rate so I'll cut it in half or like I was saying before like we can meet halfway um, or I'll put a little package together so at least for that price they're getting a lot more so again it's every opportunity is unique I call them assignments so like every <laughs> assignment is is different and there's a different negotiation happening for every little thing it's all different projects Fantastic. And so what advice would you have for influencers or micro influencers, folks who are trying to get in the influencer space um, for them starting out? The best thing to do. And I mean, this is where I came from. I did everything for free for the first, I don't know, two years. Um, and, you know, you got to give to get back. You have to invest to, to make money. Um, you know, I didn't, like I said, I didn't wake up one day saying, I want to be an influencer and then poof and 13K followers and it's away you go. It doesn't work like that. You have to establish your presence. You have to establish consistency. You know, your followers have to start trusting you. You have to be able to prove that you you actually have that influence. So until those those little returns have happened, you don't know if anyone's actually listening to you or buying what you're recommending. So how do you prove that influence? How would a brand or why would a brand just be, you know, trusting you and say, yeah, let's let's work together and you have no proof. Um, the other thing is patience. Like it takes time to build this, especially present day if you're starting now you know, you kind of miss the wave. So you're going to have to start doing something really unique or really amazing to, to, to grow 
exponentially quickly or, or, you know, to go viral or something. So my advice at the end of the day to, uh, to influencers who, who want to start out is do the work, show up consistently, uh, create good content, be the best person that you can be, you know, share your talent and just learn and share and, and show up and, and then you'll slowly build your following. And also when we talk about micro influencers, I think this is, um, this is definitely something that people can strive to become. Um, cause now we, we see big, big influencers with like a huge, uh, a huge audience that is kind of all over the place. But, uh, you know, like I said, I value that my audience is, is local to Ottawa because I feel like, you know, we'll always need promotions in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. That'll never die. Yeah. yeah. Um, Because, you know, with Instagram right now or influencer marketing, it's a little bit like scattered. It's and it's like a murky territory or there's a lot of negative stuff happening or or kind of skeptical uh, people questioning like the amount of money that's been invested in this. Um, But, you know, I I try not to buy in too much into that. And and I just try to remember I know that what I do works Mm -hmm. and that. Uh, I don't need to like prove it to anybody. I know that because I, like I was saying with the hair public example, um, again, it's like finding that right match. Just keep showing up, keep doing the work and it's going to happen eventually. Serve your audience and serve, serve local. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that because I just feel like your community in Ottawa is so strong and what you've built here is so good. Thank you. Um, so my last question for all my guests on the show uh, is what advice do you have for women to thrive in their lives, their careers, and in their businesses? I love this question and because it's very timely, you know, with everything that's happening in the media with uh, pro-choice, pro-life, abortion, all this stuff. Um, and right now I'm trying to find or I'm trying to go there a little bit more. I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself like very politically savvy. It's not something that I, and it's not something that I'm proud of because I I need to tune in more. And I think the reason why I don't tune in is because it's very negative and I kind of don't want that energy, but you know, knowledge is power. So recently I've kind of come out with my uh, my views on like women's rights. And I'm, I think I'm a feminist and I didn't know that, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, and I just feel like we can't ignore what's happening. And actually I got challenged. It was a little tweet that I saw that someone was like, oh, you know, all these influencers and nobody's talking about what's actually going on when, with women and women's rights and, and just human rights. Um, and I was like, okay, challenge accepted. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go there and talk about how, like, we, we just have to, we have to know what's going on, even if it's not in our own country, we need to know what's going on outside of, of Canada. We need to be able to protect our rights. Um, and by the way, this is new for me. I never talk about politics and, and I I don't usually, I was so encouraged to see when you posted that. Thank you. Um, it's if I feel scared to to go there, but like meanwhile, I have no problems talking about endometriosis or all this stuff. But um, I think it's a scary world out there, and if I have any sort of influence or if I can share anything, then this is the time to do it because women are listening. 
And I was afraid, you know, I was like, oh, what if I lose followers? But at the end of the day, I was like, well, those people are not my people. So mm-hmm. that's okay. It's like a little cleanse. And I didn't really lose followers. If anything, people were completely impressed and just, they were like, thank you. And it just like strengthened my voice. Mm-hmm. So if you believe in something and if you're passionate about something, don't don't hide it. And again, like even talking about it, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> no, I, it's, it's so true. And that's where the the nerves come from because you know it's important and you yeah. know it's it's res- resonates for you. And what I love about maybe the new direction that I'm headed with is that it's smart and it's not frivolous and it's you know I I love fashion, I love beauty, I love makeup um and I don't I do it in a way to empower women. It's not to say like oh, you know, you got to look good and, and nothing else matters type of thing. It's not that it's women need that encouragement. Um, but maybe this is like Shancy 2.0. She goes there. We level up. (laughs) (laughs) Glow up. Glow Glow up. up. (laughs) I will say like even with Shancy 1.0, you helped me just feel so much more comfortable in my body and with, with seeing your fashion forwardness and knowing that I could dress this beautiful body of mine, even though conventionally it's not what what I was seeing everywhere. So, you're gorgeous. Carl. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> um, everybody, make sure you check out Shancy on Instagram at Shancy, and also um, if anyone out there is looking for someone uh, to support them on social media marketing, on influencer strategy, uh, have someone come in as a speaker. Shancy is fantastic for that. So, thank you so much for being here and for joining on the Thrive Podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This was amazing. Thank you for joining us this week on the Thrive Podcast, where we help women entrepreneurs start and build thriving businesses. Thank you to the Startup Canada production team, BDC and Scotiabank for helping us elevate women entrepreneurs. Visit startupcan.ca forward slash women to download the playbook Resources for Women Entrepreneurs with a comprehensive list of support for you and your business. And visit startupcan.ca for the latest episodes of the Startup Canada podcast, hosted by Rivers Corbett. Make sure to visit CoreSpace, K-A-U-R dot space, to learn to better integrate work, wellness, and impact into your everyday life. Until next time, I'm Gomal Minhas. It's time to thrive.